Oh. This episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our wonderful backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 OTP backers get instant access to every episode of Cinema Swirl, a monthly exclusive bonus show where Kevin and I review bad movies. Last month we covered Mike Myers' The Love Guru. This month we've got a very special episode coming up, so keep your eyes peeled on the socials for that one. To find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl, Sam on the run, <laughs> Sam on the run, it's episode number 91, I guess that makes him the departed then because he's went off on his little run, yes. hello it's me, your old pal Cowboy <laughs> Kevin, traipsing through the athletic fields of Hollywood, looking for all the athletic contests of movies that my OTP, Sam Chaplin, has not seen. How are you doing today, Sam, on this The Field of Dreams? Only the band The Beatles could have been. I'm doing absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And hey, we're still in blooming Oscar fever ta- town now. <laughs> I think. Also known as Hollywood, California. Hollywood, Oscar California. Fever Town Town. The home of the Oscars this year. Yeah. Still holding out for Bolton for next year, but uh, <laughs> we'll get the guys back down the council meeting. We'll, we'll, we'll put our best pitch in. Sam, something big happened. Seismic earthquakes, the likes of which 2022. Hello from the past, potentially. Hello. I've been seeing in, in so many months none other than our arch enemies, Simon Mayo. Oh, yes. And old Mark Mustard himself, Mark Kermode. <laughs> They've only went and bloody hung it up, mate. Yeah. Tapped out. Couple of cowards. <laughs> Couple of cowards with their millions of pounds and their lucrative new contracts. Yeah. But we'll all remember where we were on that rainy summer's day when we set that chain of events in motion. I like to think that we're the ones who dipped the prawn in the mayonnaise, if you know what I'm saying there, Exactly, Sam. yeah, yeah. Once we overtook them in the charts, they knew they were onto a losing game, and it's been a long-winded process, a long-drawn-out process of them realising that, you know, it ain't worth bothering. Or if it is worth bothering, it's worth bothering in the commercial sector for more money. <laughs> I just like the idea of us just by hanging in there yeah. and making our podcast, we're going to outlast certain institutions, yeah. which is almost as good as beating them all the time, pretty much. I'm pretty sure the BBC is next on our hit list, Sam. Yeah, let's take... <laughs> I think we should take down. Let's <laughs> take down the BBC. I think that should be the viewpoint of our podcast from here on out. Just take it down. Get rid. The ultimate goal thereof yep. of this here podcast. <laughs> Sam, last time we had an historic live vote yep. here on the podcast recorded in the past, and we did come down to the wire with the gladiator romping through the fields of victorious Elysium with but one vote Ooh. in its bared teeth. Ooh. Well, Kevin, I've got some interesting news for you, I think, in so much as after, after we had recorded that episode. Are you telling me after, in inverted commas, at time of record? After at time of record. Oh my God. And now at 
at time of this record. Excuse me. Gladiator ain't winning. Gladiator ain't in the lead. What? By one vote, it has been overtaken by our film du jour today, The Departed. It was so close that the result has changed in the time since we cut off wow. when the vote was going to... Because people can still keep voting after we say we've, we've drawn the line. Yeah, honestly, a little peek behind the curtain there, and I have absolutely no reason for thinking this, yeah. and no rational or logic whatsoever. But once I've recorded this podcast, I assume all of you immediately know what has won, what has been recorded, and most importantly, what has been said. I don't know why, I just do. No. I can't help it. So yeah, it's, it's changed. The result has changed. And I think we, after what has apparently been a second referendum here, need to honour the will of the people <laughs> and... Are you telling me that yeah. Oscar had a little magic under his hat all along? <laughs> I think so. It's a bit exciting, hasn't it, this boat? It was really on a knife's edge and now, you know, it's on the, the other side of the knife. So. It's crazy because, you know, this flipping and flopping and going mm. back and forth, it reminded me of that famous moment in the Oscars when they were about to give the award to someone and then someone came out with an envelope to tell them that it was something else was meant to win it. But inside that envelope, it was full of Oscar fever. And, uh, of course, we all know how that particular night went down. A real tragedy. And we, we shan't forget that. But <laughs> here today, we've got Oscar fever from sometime in the 2000s, 2006, seven. We were like, let's do Best Picture yeah. Oscars. And then it's like, all right, there's a lot of L shit here. <laughs> there so let's let's go with something cool. Like It was like a 90s slash noughties Oscar. And it is noughties Oscar winners. Naughties. So I think we are all firmly, naughties. All naughty noughties, firmly mm. in that category. And don't get much naughtier than the crime epic of The Departed. Marty score on the, scoring a goal on the podcast. It's good to have him back, certainly, to have Martin Scorsese back on, on the on the swell. Yeah, it's true, and I'm happy now that he's got officially more episodes of Cinema Swirl to his name than actual Oscars, which I think is what's most important <laughs> for a real filmmaker to focus on. In, yeah. And honestly, let's face it, the twilight of his career. And in honour of Mr. Scorsese, I will be watching this film on my phone. Oh, good, 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 just where he wanted to. Yeah. That's what he would have wanted. I was just going to try and see if I could arrange to have some sort of a watermark placed on this, uh, which I felt, you know, for watching Naughty's Oscar movies, it feels mm. particularly fitting for. Uh, you, okay, Sam, The Departed. Yeah. We're talking Scorsese, and I did let the word crime slip from Whoa. my lips. Oh! But have you heard anything about this? And right. if so, what is it that you know? And Sam, I don't know if I've slipped and fell into a galaxy, because there's no one but stars. <laughs> now, interestingly, some of what I know about The Departed, once again, comes from The Sopranos. Oh! Spoilerish alert for The Sopranos. Mr. Fucking Departed over here. There's a scene with Tony and Christopher. They're in a car. They're driving. It's quite an important scene. Mm. And they're listening to The Departed soundtrack. And it's Comfortably Numb, I think, by Pink Floyd is on there. And that's what they're listening to. A, a key moment, an important moment. How the fuck do you know that that's from that movie? Were you watching with like Sopranos no, no, factoids in the corner? <laughs> I didn't have Amazon's X-ray feature on. I had uh, Christopher Moltisanti talking about, you know. Oh, 
you oh, are watching oh, listen Talking here, Sopranos. No, no, like he, he's literally in the car with Tony saying, oh, T, the Departed soundtrack, I'm putting oh, it on. Sorry. I yeah. thought that you were watching, listening to his podcast, no, 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 uh, no, Talking no, no. Sopranos, and he's like, oh, the fun thing about this scene, listen up here, T, the fun thing is that this was actually the soundtrack from The Departed. <laughs> <laughs> as much as it is fun to hear those two lads do a little sponsor section for headphones every episode, I did kind of dip out of that podcast after a little while. But it was a fun time, you know. I uh, got a lot of respect for them. Yeah, he goes on about like, oh, this is the Departed soundtrack. I'll put it in the CD player. We'll listen to it. Departed. Fucking Pink Floyd. Departed. Could be numb. So I know that that song is in it. You know what's good to know as well, Sam, actually, mm. is that if this had won last Oscar vote, which yeah. was previous episode, the episode 90 rhyme, brackets, you want some of this wine tea, tea. that would have actually been just as applicable. Yeah. Some are saying, and I'm hearing you, you're saying that maybe even more applicable, and I accept that. This Oscar fever swirl episode couplet thing has been absolutely wild in terms of coincidences and, you know. It's been a heady brew, to say the very least. Yeah, an historic occasion if there ever was one on cinema as well. So I know that. Yeah. I know it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. What do you come to expect from old Marty Score? What, what does that mean for you if you're going to watch that movie now? Those mobsters from The Sopranos like it. So I'm guessing there's some kind of mob angle to this. Scorsese known for some mob pictures, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. going to be a gangster component, I think. Sam's hands were oh. clasped <laughs> in the gangster spicy meatball position there yeah you know enunciating every word there and as you mentioned there is a galaxy of stars in this we got dicaprio i think oh matt damon cappers damos in the mix i think possibly Wahlberg. mark get me a double Wahlberg with her it's like a pacino or a de niro in this a jack nicholson i think oh who may be making his day oh no no, no. we're doing the shining <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting he's been on. I thought you were to say his debut film, like, you know. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's been fucking, he's ancient, but he's good. Let's give him a whirl. Who would be making a reappearance for the first time since The Shining, I think. I don't think he's been back That's since That's true, because yeah. we're, ne we're never going to do Batman on this podcast because Sam famously had to study it for his GCSEs. I did. Providing him with an unholy level of insight that I am too intimidated to withstand. It was good music. <laughs> a star, off you go. <laughs> Off to university. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am today talking about films on a professional basis. Other than that, it won Best Picture. It's got loads of stars in it. It's Martin Scorsese. It's a weird one because it was a Best Picture winner. I assume it's highly regarded. It's not kind of, it's not one that people always chat about necessarily it's true honestly i remember seeing this and when i saw this this is when i would have been hosting the flirt fm film review show which right. was unfortunately titled exactly that because that's how inventive we were but you know i watched this in the cinema reviewing mm. it talking as a stupid 20 year old about duh it's gonna win all the oscars and you know i remember at the time <laughs> fucking loving it and adoring it and assuming this is going to enter into the rich kind of pantheon yeah. of, you know because i'd been fed a big diet of scorsese movies by my co-host at the time that was the first year i'd seen you know goodfellas and things right. of that nature and casino and the like and not only am i surprised that kind of generally people haven't talked about this as much and maybe revered it as much in later years like i'm proof positive i raved about the movie on a fucking yeah. community radio station and i've somehow had it there sitting in my favorites in various streaming platforms and it's come and gone and i've never found the three hours to watch it sam <laughs> 
Yeah, and let me tell you something. This Irish man knows about lengths of movies and he's not excited about this one. Just make it a limited series, Marty, okay? It's Just 2008 or 9. Who would have thought such a thing? Yeah. Not even the Sopranos who in themselves were in a limited series could see the potential of that when they were looking at the departments. No, we weren't in the golden age of TV back then. or we were, well, we, were, anyway. we were, but we didn't know it. We didn't know it. We didn't know it. <sighs> So it's a, it's a long one. This is going to be a long one. We had a long one last go round. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I dare say it silenced some of the naysayers and the critics I've invented in my head during anxious moments where I worry we talk about movie length too much. Well, those, don't you know, those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of there. I wonder what it is about this that hasn't brought it into the conversation very often. If you're telling me it's gangsters and it's big stars, is that literally it? Is it just like, oh, it's the mafia. Here we are in Little Italy doing our mob business. Oh. Is there something unique about this? Like, what time era do you think this is set in? Oh, so I think this is present day. Present, well, present-ish day, yeah. 2007-ish. A lifetime ago. I th- yeah. I mean, now it would be a period piece. But at the time, it was at the time. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. But then, like, it's not like it's because it's a relatively modern Martin Scorsese film. You know, like The Wolf of Wall Street, right? I'm not saying that's... That's went into a cult of its own, Yeah, right, you I'm know. not saying that's necessarily a classic, but pe- there are people, a lot of them fools, <laughs> who love that movie. Millions of people love that movie, yeah. many of them correctly, and it's uh, <laughs> it's impressive that it's garnered such a reputation. <laughs> It inspires such a hustle mindset, and that's why it's my top movie of all time. It's <laughs> So it's not necessarily just a, a recency bias or the opposite of recency bias. It, there must be something about this. That, I'm, I'm not saying the film isn't... I don't know about the film. I don't. People don't think this Clearly is bad. Clearly not, because, you know, you couldn't tell me... Uh, well, what does The Departed even... What does that even mean? Like, what's it in reference to? Someone leaves or dies, you know? Are you staking your claim on a particular... Like, are we going to New Jersey? One of the fi- Is this one of the five families? What are you thinking is happening here? What type of a mob? Well, uh, You've played Grand Theft Auto. You know all the different types of mobs. Yeah. I'm talking, like, mainline Italian mafia mob. But then a lot of these lads are not necessarily, you know... If you say Italian, because that's never that's never stopped anyone. That's never we've we've done Steven Seagal movies for fuck's sake. Claimed he was Japanese. Well, <laughs> claimed he was Inuit. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Maybe it's not mob. Could just be. But it's organized. It's organized crime. Say, I think this is organized could, it could crime. Just be a bunch of crooks. Like. These are not like unorganized criminals. I think there's criminals. It's an organized crime. Yeah. And I reckon that you know your Matt Damon's. And uh, Mark Wahlberg's are probably the no-good cops, you know, investigating the goings-on. Oh, so you think there's some straight arrows here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Departed, someone's died, someone's going to die, someone will die, someone will leave, someone will go to jail. Someone will depart, I'm predicting, in this film. How much has Goodfellas stuck with you since you've watched it? I think I remember saying on the podcast recently that Joe and I watched it again there for the first time in like a couple of years, probably since yeah. I'd done the episode. And it just fucking wallops you over the head. That movie's so goddamn brilliant. And you get, of course, the added triple buffs of if you've watched The Sopranos or even better still, recently rewatched The Sopranos. Yeah. So how's Goodfellas? Is that kind of, have you watched that since we did the episode? I'm sure I've asked you this before at some point, but I just want to get your reading on it, seeing as we're going into another Scorsese crime caper. I haven't watched it since, but it's one of the ones that I consider watching again the most, if that makes sense. Oh, you, sh- you should, Sam. You really should. I really do want to pop it on again, and I think I will sometime soon, because that was that was a belter. Oh, boy. The, a the dazzler. Shine box, funny like a clown. You know, come on. 
you know, do 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 do. It's amazing. Sound go to the circus. You know, the clown who was there. It was amazing. Do oh, incredible soundtrack choice there from Marty. It has stuck with me. The man, Martin Scorsese, he's an incredible talent. He wasn't recognised by the Academy until The Departed, I don't think, for his work. You've mentioned Wolf of Wall Street. You've seen that, obviously. Yeah. Have you seen any other, any other... You've not seen Casino. I know, I've it's not seen Casino. to find for some reason. If anyone knows how to watch Casino in this day and age, please let me know on Twitter at Kevin Madden. <laughs> I've not seen The Irishman. But again, I'm, I'm kind of tempted by more and more. Because I, that mm. was another one where like people say, oh, it's great, it's brilliant, long, it's brilliant. And then it just kind of, no one's talked about it since, you know, at the time. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I don't think I've thought about it other than bringing it up on this podcast that no. I watched it, you know, that it would not have had any sticking power in my brain at all. But like, mm. does the fact that it's Martin Scorsese tackling this well-trodden ground for you, is that a good thing? Or is that, you know, is that, is that making you more anticipated or? I feel like we're in safe hands, you know? You're in safe hands, safe pair of hands. I can't imagine that I'm going to hate this. I predict that I will enjoy it. I think you'll really like it, but I think I'm, for whatever reason, even if we gush about it, it'll dissolve them in contact with air. Then. Look, <laughs> the sum of its parts adds up to a fucking massive number. You know, there's so many yeah, parts that's here. that's true. You know, add those all up and there we go. That's a big number. So, And, and, and it's not spoiled to say, Sam, there's some juicy parts in this movie, you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And let's take this opportunity before we depart to look in that juicy old mail bag. Welcome to the mailbag. Welcome to the juicy mailbag. Sodden with juice. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your juicy messages. You know what? It's yep. juicy now, but in an hour it'll be sticky as what it'll be. So less of your sneering. Yeah. None of that with Pepsi Max, by the way, because it uses a dangerous chemical that isn't sugar and therefore isn't sticky. <laughs> so I actually, I do very well out of that. How about that? Thank you for all your messages into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com or... All the socials. socials. All the socials. At Cinema Swirl. Yes. Or Facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl. You can contact us on uh, however you best choose to do so. <laughs> and you, you can also p- contact us on our Patreon page. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, if you did that way, we would feel it was a lot more urgent. So I'm not saying don't yeah. do that, but I'm saying that would be like the equivalent of the flashing red flown in the 60s Batman. I'll tell you, you what, know. no one who's ever sent in a Cinema Swirl question to our email address has ever used the, uh, just putting urgent in the subject line. Uh, you know what? Give it a go, I reckon. Give it a go. Give <laughs> yeah. it a go. It might shoot it up to the top of the of the inbox, you know, when we're glancing through. When you said something, put urgent in there, capital letters, and then your question, please. Or if you write in upgrade to first class in the subject line, they will send it on the priority e-route. Right, so Ryan, first message comes in from Ryan, who writes the following. Hello, chaps. Oh, this is like a, this is a classic mailbag question. Oh, this is classic Ryan ah, is what it is. Classic Ryan. Great stuff from Ryan. As representatives of cinema, thank you. Oh! Who do I have to speak to? I like that. <laughs> Representatives That's going in the Twitter bio. <laughs> Move over a tall podcaster. Representative, Representative of cinema. cinema. It's like that guy who was drunk at two in the morning one Saturday and he DM'd me telling me that I was a free thinker. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I love these accolades and useless nomenclature. Representative of cinema, Sam Chaplin, take the floor, please. Free-thinking representative of cinema. As representatives of cinema, who do I have to speak to in order to bring back intermissions? Oh! Ryan says, I'd like to see the Batman, but that runtime is not agreeable with my bladder or my ability to sit in one place comfortably for three hours. Uh, feel free to forward this email onto the relevant body. Warmest regards, Ryan. I agree with you, Ryan. And, you know, I think we've mentioned before, in certain cinemas, it still exists. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've often shouted out the kinema in the woods yep. in rural Lincolnshire. If you happen to be around and you want a movie with an intermission, that's your fucking bet right there. I will be said, though, I was in that cinema a number of times, or that kinema a number of times, yep. where the intermission came. Like, I remember during Mad Max Fury Road, the intermission came, and there were some confused, upset people in the middle of the cinema. They were not ready for a 10-minute oh, okay. little break. to. St- they did not want to stretch their legs. They wanted to stretch their enthusiasm for the adventure of Mad Max. Uh, but I, I'm all with Ryan here. I think they should be back in a, in a big way. Yeah, I, I love that. And honestly, you know, we've talked about this and you've given us a peek behind the curtain as a mm. representative, not just of cinema, but of cinemas, because you've worked in a cinema. I have, yeah. A huge part of what cinemas make money-wise, it's not the ticket sales, it's the food they sell. Oh, the and markup on that popcorn. A, wouldn't you get in about half time now to give us an old nozzle on the feedback? Wouldn't that be not a bad idea? Makes sense to me. I don't see why uh, you wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. And like, here's the reality. I'm 34 years old and sometimes when I'm going to bed, I go into the bathroom and I have to have a good solid think to try and force my body to do a wee because I know otherwise <laughs> in a few hours time, yeah. I'm going to have to take a middle of the night trip and I'm not very happy with that. So I have on occasion, I did it before June. I knew that it was going to be a long one and I yeah. knew I had a coffee earlier in the day. So I said, you know what? We're going to the toilet. We're going to, have to spend a couple of minutes focusing to rid the body of the urine that your body's not telling you need to get rid of right now. And that's all I can say is you need to practice this art. The urine needs to leave the body is what yep. I'm saying. And that's why I think we're never <laughs> going to guess. <laughs> get back to intermissions. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it ain't just pissing is what I would say. Ryan's right about the, the discomfort. The orneriness of sitting in a chair. And you know what? Yeah. They're making the chairs more comfy in the cinemas near me oh, in yes. Manchester. But I don't, I still fidget. Sitting anywhere, even in the most comfortable of chairs for three hours at a time, is not ideal. You know, you want to get up and move around. I mean, I know there's apps and things that like tell you when the ideal time to take a piss break is but like seriously yeah, that's, yeah. A that's a thing that's a whole thing like people you know go to movies how is that who determines that well it's like I think it's you know user voted in terms of when but then you don't you don't want to be <laughs> But, like, if you were to recommend to someone, oh, go have a wee now, like, yeah. when's a good time? When's a good time? And it's <laughs> all right, in the movie we just did, Gladiator, when would you say, off your wee then? When's a good time? Oh. That's a good point. I'm just saying it's the ultimate subjective thing, right? Yeah. Whereas I think you can find a, a dividing point for when an intermission should sit in most films. You know, if they're broken up into act structures, there will be a nice place for you to kind of, you know, have a little break. It is probably. Because if you're timetabled in those movies and the time you need to have yeah, I... people come in and clean them. And also as well, could you imagine if you were in your cinema in your big multiplex, big chain, yeah. and they did half time 
and you went down out to grab a bite to eat and then people who were outside were thinking oh the movie's over it's my turn to go in and then you got wrong people going in yeah. and then they've got even less time to do a swap over because you're doing twice the amount of times of people coming in with snacks so there's going to be twice as much right. rubbish and I'm just thinking of my co-host and colleague Sam Chapman Hello. who once worked in such a place I would think that would be hell on earth for what is already a very tough job right you know me, I'm a problem solver, I'm a solutions man, all right? You get stuck in, Sam, they often uh, say. I like to get involved, I like to get stuck in, okay? It's hands dirty, Sam, I think some would say. Quite. Look, if you're not going to give us intermissions, then make the seats toilets, all right? It's, it's <laughs> one or the other, okay? Which one do you want on your hands? I know where I'd rather be, and that is uh, an intermission, please. <laughs> Look at Sam there now. Look at him there now with his hands filthy from getting stuck in and getting his hands dirty, all right, on the issue of toilets and cinemas. Fair play to you, Sam. It needed to be said. But you know what, Ryan? I think you're right. I just think it's going to be a complicated situation to get right. But some cinemas do it. It's a logistics nightmare, but all the more reason to support your local Wii cinema yeah. if you have one near you that would be more likely to have it than a big chain where you know it definitely and won't. It, and it wouldn't have to be every showing. You could advertise which showings had a fucking intermission. The Wii break in one, yeah. yeah. And then you'd get all the old people in them. If we, I'm just saying, if we ran a cinema, we'd run it fucking good. We yeah, got yeah. the brains, we yeah. got the experience, we got the brawn. Hands fucking minging, laden with filth from getting our hands so dirty. We're, we're representatives of cinema, so, you know, we exactly. could do it one day. That's a, a thing to aspire to. <laughs> so thank you very much, Ryan. That's a classic mailbag question That's right a there. great that, mailbag. That's, that's going to the there. Hall of Fame of mailbag questions. Quick question here in from Kevin, who writes, Hi, big fan. Why did I have to watch Love Guru? Oh, okay. Oh, I like the cut of this guy's jip, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying. I think he's got a, a solid point. Yeah. Looks like he's got a good following there on uh, Twitter, so he should probably treat his question very well. Uh, I just want to, to say it, sorry, know? but I want really? to say that once again, I, Sam Chaplin, respect the will of the people. And it's what they wanted, you know? It's what they wanted. And, and you I know what was, what was, it was worse about it? Because we recorded it so long ago that when it came out, Joe started asking me all questions about it again, like, yeah. you know, beyond what she would have asked on the day. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, you did back. that. And she brought it up. I was like, stop asking questions about it. Like, I really, it was really hard to try and shut it down. And then we got into this like, endless loop where I had to explain to her the bit with Kanye West and Mike Myers at the end because she uh. thought when I said it earlier that I meant that the love guru was with Kanye West. I was like, no, Mike Myers. And, and it just drug it all back up again. And I felt all the worse for it. Did you see that Mike Myers has got some Netflix thing coming out now? Aura, some- for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> someone, fucking hell someone said we'd open the forbidden door and let him back out and then like this was who said his name three <laughs> times in the mirror i demand to know so there'll be more mike myers content coming to a netflix net you know netflix they love signing up you know an adam sandler a mike myers you know why can't someone evil like be in charge properly like cartoon evil like mr schwackhammer or vince mcmahon be in charge of netflix and they'd be like oh i'm gonna pay you mike myers but i'm gonna pay you to stay at home No more Mike yeah. Myers movies. I just want Mike to just sit in catering the whole time. That's what I want. You, know. you peaked with the Dr. Evil personal planner on the Game Boy Color, and you should have left it there, but you came back more, didn't you? For the cash grab. And here we are now, the fucking love guru available now on patreon.com slash cinema swirl. That's patreon.com. If, if you're into that sort of thing, you know those weirdos who mess with you going, oh, I love listening to miserable people review horrible shit. Well, there you go. There it is. <laughs> 
black tar heroin <laughs> cinema swill available now. It's very good content, by the way. You will enjoy it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, isn't it's, it? It's nice stuff. I did have my my sort of finger over the button to watch Austin Powers on one of the streaming services the other day. I saw the little trailer for it, and I watched a bit of the trailer, and I thought, no, I can't. I can't. I I, I won't. It's not going to happen. We watched it. I think yeah, we, as, as mentioned, Joe and yeah. I watched it not that long ago. A lot more like a sketch show than any of us remembered. Oh, okay. Not that's mm. a bad thing. No, just saying but, it was, yeah. Yeah, I think you know what that's going to do it for our mailbag this week. Let's close it back up. Let's put, sip up that yeah. bag. Get, get rid of that juice. Get that juice back in there. Get yeah, out of here. Up. Yeah, and uh, don't forget you can send your questions, queries, comments, suggestions, or general misc trivia and chatter to cinemaswirl at gmail.com that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com well Sam I'm ready if you are I know that we've checked the old timetable here and the movie's about to come and take us away right. on the bus ride that is watching The Departed choo choo so, <laughs> choo let's go do a cinema swirl Sam, initial gut reaction to having departed to go and watch The Departed. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Slash, I miss The Sopranos. <laughs> oh, do you now? <laughs> yeah. That's the main thing I, I'm dying to know. There's no good time in the movie to slip it in, so we might as well front end it with the interesting bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did it scratch that type of an itch for you? Did yes. you get the good fellas from this? Was this more of that heightened drama crime world of which you're so enraptured by? It was, yes. It scratched a bunch of itches, but I oh I'm not uh, I'm not sure if I feel like fully satisfied from those scratches. You know what I mean? Like th- those itches were scratched. However, is there still an itch? Kind ah, of, you know? I see, I see. You know? It could be that there is still itches that are yet to be scratched. Yeah. It could be in some sort of a scratch deficit, basically. I think we should give a peek behind the curtain for everyone right now yeah. and know that in an unprecedented, after last episode, which in itself was unprecedented in many ways. Yes. But this go around, we were due to do our post swirl. Yeah. And there was noise from workmen on Sam's end, yes. So Sam said maybe we should defer it, and then he did. And then it turned out later that it would have been all right anyway. Yeah. But in that period of deference, I had went ahead and secured other plans. I'm using the politician's thumb here. And Sam, as a result, you inform me you've seen this movie <laughs> two times. What's going on? <laughs> Which probably, <laughs> I think this is. It's the first time. You've right. not even seen Goodfellas a second time, for fuck's sake. Here's the thing. It's unprecedented for Swirl. There is precedent for this for Swirl when I watched The Mummy from 2017 twice. But this is the mm. only time <laughs> I've done this for a Swirl film, I believe. And, and possibly in real life as well. I'm not sure if you've ever watched a movie two it's times. <laughs> So that's probably contributing to my kind of, yeah, 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 because I've watched a two and a half hour film twice 
within the space of seven days because I thought, having watched it earlier last week, peek behind the curtain, that I might have forgotten some key... And I wanted to refresh myself and watch it again. I don't know if that was a good choice or not, but here I am. Yeah, I'm not sure if that what that would do for you or not because I've enjoyed having the couple of days to mull over it mm. because I think, you know, this was one of those movies because of the runtime, which I think we got wrong and thought it was like an hour longer than it actually was at the start. Yeah. But like, I was up half seven in the morning for this bad boy. Early alarm was set, pot of coffee was on. I sat down, cracked open my notebook and I got to watching. Like, you know, Scorsese would have wanted, yeah. you know, uh, to glance between notes in a movie. <laughs> but as a result, I felt that this movie, I'd given a kind of a, a grandiosity in my head and that I'd kind of built it up as this big kind of spectacle. I think I was doing as much for you beforehand. Having the few days to mull over it, I have benefited from. Whether or not that's benefited me as a podcaster in the same way as Sam having watched it twice, yeah. it remains to be seen and that is the joy of you listening to what we're about to do right now. Look, this time you're a muller, I'm not a muller, we've kind of backed ourselves into a muller corner, but we're gonna... <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> yes, well, I'd, I'd love to back myself into a muller corner right now, but that's not what we're You'd doing. You'd have to pay some people a lot of money online to back <laughs> themselves into a muller corner, <laughs> depending on which end of it is, you know, that's all I, I'll say. And Sam, we have to yep. address the elephant in the room, mm. or should I say... Oh, there's an oh. elephant, and I don't want to address him. Get over here. You didn't guess correctly. No. The type of mob beforehand. And honestly, I thought I gave the game away in that I basically almost put the fucking words in your mouth. Because as we all know, <laughs> I am Irish, and Sam yeah. has clearly never heard of the Irish mob. Because I was like, there's all sorts of mafias, isn't there? I even put on my special accent I do on this podcast and everything. It didn't even occur to me, but this is in Boston, and it's the Depart Departed. The, what, the like, Departed. Like Peaky Blinders? Is that what you mean? Like the English mob? Like, like Peaky Blinders? Oi! We're all wearing hats now! Oi! This is your Irish mafia, mate. This is, is your Irish mob. Yeah. And can I just say it for all intents and purposes, I know, from the bottom of my heart, yeah. go on the Irish, huh? <laughs> I bet you didn't think... We'd have our own mafia now, did you? Huh? Ah. There must have been some subconscious part of me that knew, because originally we were meant to be watching this on St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day! <laughs> and I, I cancelled that recording, because yeah. I thought there'd be too much Irish for my English blood. But here we are. The hand-wringing attempting to <laughs> control the Irish nationalism while it is Sam at his very English best here. And uh, I do think they literally go like two lines into explaining this is the Irish mob. Hello, yeah. I'm Frank Costello. I am a Irish mobster. He was in there deep, much like Tony S with his racial slurs and his oh, racism yeah. and all this, that and the other. Because if you are a gangster, you're also, generally speaking, a misanthrope and yes. should be rejected by society at large. Jack Nicholson is here, looming large as a, a, a racist, a, a pervert, but more than that, possibly <laughs> a mob man and also yeah perennially menstrually curious it seems yes, uh, in these early scenes so. he picks out his favorite child that yes. he decides i'll tell you what i'll make you me wife sure and that is <laughs> the grim reality of it uh, jack nicholson here is frank costello what do you think the de-aging effects which was mostly having him bathed in shadow i didn't mind it you know, I didn't notice the de-aging effects. I just thought, oh, they've just not bothered to age him up or down. I just kind of, I just kind of went along with it. 
know, that's the problem about Jack Nicholson. He's the type of actor who will stay in the shadows all the time anyway. Mm. And you have to kind of like bring him out of it. Like, you know, because he's quite, um, what's the word to describe him? Not a ghost, more of a ghoul, I guess. Oh. You know, ah, you know, that type of, ah, He cuts an absolute ghoulish figure. His face is scary. I was trying to kind of narrow down what it is about Jack Nicholson's face that's scary. His eyebrows have got a, a point to them. They've got a real a, a ridge. Like, we all want to know what is it that Jack Nicholson knows that has given him them pointy eyebrows. Those <laughs> ever-knowing eyebrows that imply unknown knowledge for the rest yep. of us. <laughs> eyebrows that only seem to exist on Jack Nicholson or on the me creation thing on, on Wii. <laughs> you know, you just have and I'll of... tell you what, it ain't on the X-axis and it's hardly on the Y-axis. <laughs> You're telling me he's plotting a graph with those eyebrows <laughs> is all I'm saying. All right? Now, he yeah. is... Kind of flexing the muscle as you do is the big dawn of the local crime scene. Yeah. And he's going around kind of you know, talking to the business owners, talking to this young boy here, who he hears his old man's having a bit of trouble. So he sorts him out with baloney and comic books. Truly the Billy Roll and Beano of its day in terms of a, a noble gesture you can make to a youth. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely coming around and picks this Matt Damon looking kid who he kind of know, he knows his dad. I mean, he's later. It's amazing the agent they do on Matt Damon here. Like that, you know, move over Love Guru. We had some shonky stuff there in the swill recently, but this man, that, Damon, give it, you know what? He can play child very well. Very, very believable. He is fully just, you know, grooming a child into being a cop to spy on the police to be his inside man. It's real dastardly mob villain stuff here. Like, this is a long con situation, you know. Sam, call it like you want to say it. It's quintessentially Irish, isn't it? Because <laughs> over in the Goodfellas, they groomed a guy by beating up the postman yeah. and giving him the good life, giving him the money. Sure, you know as well as I do, if I was giving Billy Roland Beano, I would have been doing all fucking sorts. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's very, very lucky that Frank Costello didn't enter into my youth as a result. And I was kept well fettered in Beano's and Billy Roll by my parents. So I wouldn't go down that wayward path. Who knows what this podcast would sound like in, the, in that alternate reality. We'd have Boston accents for yes. some reason is what yes. would happen. And look, turns out, yeah, Matt Damon, he's, going, he's been to cop school. He's a classic Bostonian homophobe calling firefighters all sorts of things. Yeah, no, I was going to say, if there's two things in this in this life now... Can I just state, all... I didn't mean to imply that all Bostonians are homophobes, <laughs> I just meant that he is those two things. Yeah, but like, if there's... If, I'm just saying, right, you know, mm. if you go into a hotel, don't treat the staff badly. If you're going to like be a human being in, yeah. in living modern times, if there's two groups of people you're just going to willy-nilly disregard, all gay people, according to this guy, and yeah. all firefighters, well, enjoy your life, is all I'm saying, because it's going to be very difficult for you in many many regards absolutely with that attitude terrible attitude to have you're gonna burn figuratively and literally is what i'm telling you <laughs> meanwhile leonardo dicaprio is also or, uh, yeah. now that he's involved in this mob movie and i am irish so i thought i'd yeah. do some of my fun irish mob bits here whoa it's leonardo nicaprio because uh huh? yeah yeah, no, very, very nice. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Very that. good. Leo's here, training also to be a cop. They're all graduating from cop school. They're state police. They're stateies. They're all yeah. in graduate training programs is what's happening here, basically. Yeah. So their job as graduate training programs trainee graduates is to recruit 
other graduate trainee program graduates into the recruitment system so they themselves could be has anyone ever been a graduate training recruitment program graduate trainee because i feel like it's a, it's a scam that's what i'm saying is the police now. a pyramid scheme it may well be <laughs> it may well be you know but yes yeah, stadies because it's boston so sure they only have nicknames for everything no. and that should be the state police that they're calling out stages or that's what we back around that's what we call america the Stateys. You're going over to the Stateys now, are you? Well, bring me back some of those comic books I've heard about. Now, Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson, he, upon Matt Damon's graduation, gives him a little gift that a box he opens, he looks at. I don't think we ever find out what's in there, but it's symbolic of like, okay, you're in now, mate. You're you're one of us. You've oh, done I thought it. it was his badge or whatever it was because he, 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 was, he was a graduate. But why's Frank got it in the car? Why's he got the little box, the badge box? Maybe, you know what it was, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I think this is just implied because in the first scene they established it here, he kind of kept him in good spirits. That's why he's still with him the whole time. There's a very small comic book and a signed <laughs> baloney in that box there. Because he'd been going hours without it. And he was like, what's yeah. Spider-Man up to? I need sulfates. Give me my fucking fix. I reckon there's some Reddit thread where it's also the suitcase from Pulp Fiction. It's all the no, same No, it didn't glow. Thing. It didn't glow. It didn't, no, it didn't glow. It didn't glow. So they're both going into the special investigative unit, yes. which is as close to the wire as we get in this particular movie. And who's heading up the SIU? Why, it's Kevin's old arch quiz rival from back in NUI Galway. That's right, it's that son of a bitch, Martin Sheehan, who, <laughs> his love of chicken wings... Was not matched by my love of trivia. Right. And he can go fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. We ran him out of that university like a common pygmy. Not this Martin Sheen, right? This is just yes. another, this one. I've told this story before. Have you? Yes. You, you had some sort of quiz rivalry with Martin Sheen. When I was in my first okay. year of university, Martin Sheen was given an honorary degree from the National University of Ireland, Galway. Right. And because he's a fucking badass and he had just finished doing the West Wing, he decided he was going to go and earn his degree in the most Hollywood way possible by doing one term of one of his classes. Okay. So, for one term in my first year of university, <laughs> Martin Sheen did Earth and Ocean Sciences while wow. I was doing science. And as a result of this, he took part in the science pub quiz in the student bar where he was on a rival team and all he seemed to do was horse chicken wings down himself. You know, okay. like an American would. <laughs> One of those stateys would. <laughs> Whereas over from here, sorry, uh, where I come from, Ireland is a matter of interest <laughs> in case you didn't know fucking Martin Sheen who spends the entire movie trying to bring down the legitimate Irish mafia. Thanks a lot for that, by the way. Thanks a lot for that. We're not trying to steal my fucking chicken wings and my fucking kudos for being good at quizzes. And he, he wasn't focused, was he? He approached the quiz, Sam, in the same way he approached his studies. Oh, I'll take the easy way out. Right, oh, yeah, no, yeah. not that easy. I'll pretend. I'll eat chicken wings. Brackets take one semester of earth and ocean sciences. Also as well, he had bodyguards with him the whole time. Well, he's a famous ish actor so but like we kept going he's not an actual president he doesn't need <laughs> secret <laughs> service detail, detail. yeah like, what's gonna happen what's gonna happen i'll tell you one thing that's not gonna happen he's not gonna win a quiz is he <laughs> 
And he and you know what he's not going to do as well, Sam. He's not going to go for the dreaded semester two of Earth and Ocean no, Sciences, no, no, no. or as we like to call it, fucking big boy grown up shit, where the we separate the wheat for the chaff, or the fake pretend presidents from the leaders of men. And he's in this movie. Yeah, he's in this movie, as is. Mark Wahlberg, who actually, at the University of Lincoln, um, (laughs) (laughs) nothing happened with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I'll tell you what, these rookies, they're driving Mark up the Wahlberg by the looks of things. (laughs) Yeah, so Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, his character, is he's like related to criminals and stuff. He's a kind of... He's not the way you'd want, though, Sam. No, he's not a criminal himself, but his family have all been involved in crime apart from his dad. But his dad was dirty as well. He was he was kind of you know, on the take, so to speak. Yeah. I'm not sure what sort of trailer park boy shenanigans that they were up to, but when they mentioned that he was a baggage handler at the airport, I just thought the worst thing. I thought he was ganking luggage, and that's why he got killed. So they're, they're having a go at him, right? Because they're like, come on, mate. You're not a real... You're just pretending to be a cop. You want to appear to be a cop. You're not a cop. They're really laying it into him. Laying it in so thick. So not a great job interview. Now, usually the two-on-one isn't particularly good. Not yeah. as bad as the dreaded three-on-one. But um, bringing up your murdered father is a weird dynamic, isn't it? This Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen thing. They've got... They've not really got a good cop, bad cop. They've got kind of good cop... Cop who seems to call everyone cunts for some reason. That's their kind of dynamic. Mark Wahlberg's very aggressive with his language. Well, I noticed here, Sam, it was like they had kind of a good quiz, bad quiz vibe (laughs) going to them because Wahlberg was there, he was addressing the points, he was conferring, he was asking questions. And But for the lack of chicken wings and fucking sauce all over his mouth like a toddler, he looked like a toddler, actually when he was eating these wings. Uh, it was quite similar. He just sat there twiddling his thumbs with a position of power that, as the scene right. went on, seemed more and more unearned. <laughs> I'm genuinely happy for this episode to just be that one anecdote of the time you did a, a quiz with my sheep. Because here's what happens yeah. is, I'm, all, I'm, brought up, I'm genuinely incensed by the by just the... Just by general, the cush of them, if I'm honest. Yeah. And I'm also incensed that you forgot as well. So well, they you told the... me this story. Are you sure? I have to have. Ah. How have I done 90 episodes of a film podcast that this lad's even showed up in a few times and have not mentioned it? Right. Cinemaswell at gmail.com. If I've somehow missed this, please let me know where the in- initial episode of the chicken wing pub quiz antics and Martin Sheen comes in. Or, or honestly, yeah. let's face it, or lack thereof. Or lack it? thereof, you know. It would be very generous to describe his actions that day as an antic yet alone antics so these two they're not great line managers is what i would say from a business perspective now they're coming out from the dreaded treat and mean to keep them keen kind of school of bossing here which is if you're gonna be part of this group they gotta make sure that you can handle the worst pressure in the world but also conveniently you can be just a genuine prick for no reason and it kind of all all kind of goes in together in the one oh to work in the police that sounds fucking horrible (laughs) It does sound terrible. Hey, this we mentioned at the start, like in the pre-swell bit, this film is already kind of a who's who of who, you know. It's a, it's a galaxy of stars. Baldwin's in this. Alec Baldwin. Yes. Ray Winston is in this, who I, I will know. get to later. We'll in a talk bit. about Ray Winston in a bit. In a bit. <laughs> Ray Winston's ready for his big acting job today. <laughs> or he's just shown up in the clothes he went to bed in and is going to do whatever. Can you guess which? Uh, Can I just say as well, in a movie about the Irish mob, hats off to the one Englishman here who managed to embarrass the lot of you in a profound new way. (laughs) Because I think he's a great actor. 
You wouldn't know it from this. No, you really wouldn't, with all due respect to Ray. Now, from a directorial point of view, already in this, there are some interesting, jarring cuts and choices, uh, filmmaking choices, but I think it's very Martin Scorsese, I believe. Well, you come between our two characters, Colin and Billy now. So Billy, of course, is Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Colin Mm -hmm. is Matt Damon's character as well. Cool. I will just call them Matt and Leo, by the way. That's that, all right. All and I don't through. know why. I don't know why. Yeah. And this is no shade at fellow Podcrabs host and good personal friend of us both, Billy Keeble. Hmm. The word Billy on its own, great name. Great. Colin and Billy together just reminds me of like two lads in a primary school class up to no good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Colin, and, Colin Billy. and Billy. It it's got a Marion Pippin kind of bounciness <laughs> to it that I don't quite appreciate. <laughs> So yeah, there's a, there's a contrast between these two. Matt Damon, his character's buying a big old fucking apartment with all of his evil mobster money. And he's got evil mobster money and money from the police, police which money. is also evil as well. So he's yeah. got... What you want to do, basically, if you're going to become a piece of shit, is diversify your evil revenue streams, is what we're yes. saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's stacking fat stacks of evil cash. Leo, meanwhile, his mum's just died. There's some really weird cuts in the funeral scene where there's like a fade to black, but then we still stay in the same location. There was a thing earlier, it, it happens twice as a kind of zoom out or a zoom in from almost like a pinhole. Martin Scorsese does some really interesting stuff. You're using the word interesting here, but there's motion. not a smile on your face. Face. So what, what what do we make of it? There was a smile on my face because it's it was jarring, some of the stuff that happens in this. So there's some... I mean, the music thing, where like music sometimes just cuts off before we go into some dialogue, I thought that was great. I think that's a, that's a good choice. Some of the like real stylistic camera movement stuff or jarring cuts... It's the type of thing we saw in Wolf of Wall Street as well. Yeah, we got reviewed yeah, yeah. Here, but You and I have both seen that, and you would get kind of a little bit more experimental, I guess. And sometimes it's really nice to notice the filmmaking and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if Sometimes you get the sense that maybe if I'm noticing these shots and these cuts... Oh, that's bad. Like, you shouldn't notice I'm being these pulled things. out of the thing. But yeah, I think it's yeah. quite nice to be like, oh, look, he's done this and done that. And that's quite, you know, it's interesting. There's probably more to it than, you know, what me just going, oh, look, the camera moved in a weird way. Or look, oh, they faded to black and then kept in the same location during this scene. That uh, What's going on? What does that imply? That's why Goodfellas was was so mind-blowing for its time. Mm. Because, like, I watch Goodfellas and I think, geez, that's a, you know, I only watched it recently and I still always think when I watch it, oh, it's a breath of fresh air in the yeah. way that the way the movie is cut changes as the characters change throughout the movie and like compare like kind of the coke fuel scenes later on with the kind of you know the sleepy neighborhood scenes at the start of the movie and i kind of like that but i would say i agree with you for the most part but it does feel on one or two occasions that he is just kind of doing something weird for the hell of it almost yeah sometimes sometimes maybe it's coming across as like smarter than it actually is and it's just Let's show off that we can do this. Well, there's nothing smart about Billy's choice here now because Leo has been given the opportunity to go undercover. But you want to go undercover, you got to do it actually proper. Like, you have to do the full whole hog. So Mm. he's going to be sent to prison. Goes to prison. On assault charge. And he's going to get a tax-free stipend, which is how they convinced me to do my job at the University of Lincoln. So (laughs) I'm not calling the University of Lincoln a prison. Prison. It was a very liberating experience where I met Sam. It's the opposite of prison ah it's less of a choky and more of a breathy is what i'm saying yeah. but you know he's going whole hog he's believing the character he has gone to prison and you would think oh a guy going undercover going to prison this is going to be like 
a big chunk of the movie. It's like, no, boom, The Departed, he's out. Well, here we go. Fucking movie starting now. I thought that was going to be at least a third of this fucking movie. I was like, okay, I see where we're going here. We got one... Nope, just a montage with some, you know, fucking Dropkick Murphys over the top of it. All handled in quick montage form, and then he's back out again. Oh, you, you like you like that song, though, did you? I don't really know how it goes, but it's, you know, they're all shit. They're shouting and they're playing their guitars. I mean, the Irish Americans love it, and I'm sure they like it to be the national anthem. But there's just yeah. not enough war imagery in it for our taste. So <laughs> unfortunately, we have to leave it to one side. Here's a joke just for Sam, provided yes, that you've seen Succession. Yes. Okay. Do you know the lyrics of that song? Sort of. I'm a sailor, Greg, and I lost my leg. <laughs> I lost my leg. <laughs> Oh my god, you believed me! Very That's good. just for you, that is. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Big Grand Theft Auto vibes here where you're like, yo, starts the movie, coming out of prison, meeting his shitty cousin. Can we do some introductory missions, please? I don't know how the camera works. Oh, it's the same as all the other ones. Still, <laughs> it is ah, really like that, isn't it? That's the way ah, he then gets introduced to the proper characters who give him the big missions, but he has to do a little... Locking on then, is it? <laughs> Jeez, even 2007, that seemed a bit more sinister. But uh, now into crime land he goes. Yes, he goes into crime land with his cousin Ray Winston's accent. Is it's not an accent. It's all over the place. It's all He's over the place. He's working out what his relationship to the Irish in his head in every fucking scene it feels like. And he goes strong, soft, just straight up Scottish at points. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, There's so much in his accent that I wonder whether his character was brought up in multiple <laughs> places. I think the thing you, know. you get, though, the, the yeah. end is, is that Irish-American is a fucking broad, yeah. broad church because... There was a fair few of us who went over there during the famine and other times and since. So, you know, I'm not to say that there is one distinct Irish accent. There absolutely is not. Because <laughs> but you it's heard not someone, what Ray was doing. <laughs> you know, I would bring up someone with the throaty accent of County Cork and compare them to the spur-of-the-moment magic of the Kerry dialect. But I'm not entirely sure if anyone remotely Irish would consider what Ray Winston did here today appropriate is all i'll say i'm impressed by how these were the good takes that they kept in you know what i mean like these <laughs> this, these were the best bits these yeah. were the good ones these weren't the ones where they had to try again these these were the real ones and that the, the implication that there's other shots where ray winston is just all over the place but they've come too far they filmed too much already with him that they can't be like ray you he's not an important enough character in some respects because he's the kind of like he's the heavy he's like frenchy or whatever they call him he's like the number two to yeah. frank costello and he's seen early on because leo wants to kind of make a splash so he started you know fighting people in bars and yeah yeah frenchy comes up to him and tells him you know the there's guys you can hear <laughs> you should have just went there's guys you can hear and there's guys yeah. you can't I'm Ray Winston alright imagine if you tried to pitch your gambling adverts with that accent he does in this movie he'd somehow lose even more credibility it'd be awful <laughs> <laughs> well, he certainly took a, a big risk with this performance, and I'm not sure it paid dividends. But, you know, it's enjoyable for, for what it is. For what it is. So, yeah, Leo's, you know, causing a ruckus in a bar, getting involved in this crime gang. He's already worming his way in. Meanwhile, Alec Baldwin and Mark Wahlberg, they're talking about nailing down Costello, Jack Nicholson. He's involved in microprocessor theft. He's stealing oh, those no. microprocessors. 
chip theft and no not the fun type that i get involved with every week it's a different type and it's very serious yeah. and the cool thing as well is the top team doesn't even know anything about the undercover people because everyone's so paranoid about leaks and yeah. people you know being on you know feed info to other parties who may be interested and i can't remember if you watched the wire no no, I haven't. You've not. No. I, I was just no. randomly drop in, assuming you have. Yeah. I mean, what did you think in terms of the intrigue of like, you know, because a big part of this is like leaks and not knowing who's on whose side. And I know some people I've watched this movie with found that quite frustrating. But in terms of the highbrow, who actually knows what? Did you kind of figure at this point this movie was going to do a lot of this stuff? Did you enjoy yeah. it? Did it make it confusing? What, what was it for you? You know what? The very basic plot of we've got an undercover cop and kind of an undercover criminal working on different sides and trying to sniff each other out. That's a great story. That's it it's just, yeah, it's really, and I think this handles it very well. And there's a lot of intrigue and fun to be had. It's good something good comes out of the process of undercover policing, you know? <laughs> what? <laughs> we can tell fun stories. On paper, it's fun. On paper, yeah, you actually just do it on paper yeah. or in movies, and you just, that's all you need to do then. That's it's nice that's to try enough, and figure actually. out who's who and who knows what, and blah, 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 and they do different things to trick each other, and it's it, it's a lot of fun. Now, Matt Damon... Oh, he's in with the, the shrink, huh? Oh, Mr. Psychiatrist. Oh! He does some absolute hardcore extreme lift flirting. My God, the man, you know, with this police therapist lady, very charming, manages to... Uh, <laughs> he's holding up the lift while he's chatting to her. And farting the whole time as well. He's doing all the lift tricks. <laughs> There's a lad in the background doing a coffee run who looks so pissed off, which is, it was very funny. He manages to get a, a dinner date with this police therapist lady within the space of a lift journey. I mean, that's incredible. Did you catch the bit where you were like, hey, what did Freud say about the Irish? That they're impervious to psychoanalysis? Uh, no, it's that they're a great bunch of lads, actually. Okay, yeah. I was, so, uh, but, you know, thanks again for your uh, your, your insight and your, your, your skewed <laughs> opinions on that. Impervious. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop going then, shall I? Okay, fine. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> And Matt Damon, meanwhile, as well as being the flirt master, is also the tip master. He's tipping off Jack Nicholson left, right and centre. He's on his little phone like, hi, dad. Not his dad. But that's a good cover, isn't it? That's a great cover. That's proper undercover stuff there. Say that the criminal boss is your dad, and they'll think, oh, he's just on the phone to his dad. If I was a real cop, I'd be like, hang on a second. Everyone in this department's got issues with his father. It can't be his dad. <laughs> and then I go and I'd fucking shake him up and find out what's what. Here, I'll tell you what I love. I yeah. love any time anyone uses the phrase tuned up to describe beating someone up that is great <laughs> yeah you tuned them great. up real nice yeah, yeah. But those guys yeah, yeah. you tuned up they will kill you so another thing i really loved about that this scene so that we've got leo and jack nicholson meeting up for a scene here in a bar there's a, a nice shot of two women at the bar just talking and then you see you see their reaction to frank turning up before we then you know tilt across to seeing frank there it's nice to see people go quiet and look at him before we actually see the character come on screen. He's got that kind of ominous stuff. vibe about him. And I think yeah. it does particularly work well with someone like Jack Nicholson, who I think does have that vibe oh, yeah. in, in real life. Anyway, the difference here is here he's a cold-blooded killer and the head of a violent mob group. But when it's like, you know, he's going to be making out with a lady 20 years his junior layer and he has the exact same vibe walking into a restaurant, those are the movies that I struggle to watch. <laughs> 
the man's got a leopard print tie, you know, Come on and, it, now. and he's pulling it off, and it's working. All I'm saying is that if he'd have showed up to your student pub quiz, it would have been that would have been a different anecdote. Yeah, can you know what happened? The quiz master would be like, "Come on, guys, we've got more questions to." And everyone would be like, "Way <laughs> partying with the leopard print tie man because we're all having such a, a good time." Yeah, the cold-blooded killer. But he is, you know, I, I think he is exactly the type of actor who can literally just show up and be themselves at yeah, this yeah. point in his career. And I do actually have a soft spot for a lot of his later roles. This and About Schmidt are two of my favourites in particular okay. because it felt like the director harnessed some of that pre-existing Jack Nicholson energy that he was going to bring on stage or bring up, bring to the movie anyway and kind of wrote that into the character. He's yes. got this very particular aura and vibe and people kind of go hush or still when they see him and it works so, so good. Yeah. And, you know, he fucking nails it as far as I'm concerned yeah, yeah. because there's not a second where you don't think, oh, there's Jack Nicholson there now, but that's everything that implies. You expect him to be volatile and violent and yet it's still surprising when you see these moments of him being like, oh, it's not just Jack Nicholson being an old man he's gonna come in with his hands covered in blood in random scenes or like you know do little things where you kind of realize you know nothing about him i love when directors play off what you expect almost from a, an actor and it's like yeah it's jack nicholson he's fucking around with some you know dead person's hand or whatever <laughs> jack's whole unpredictable vibe really suits mob boss leader doesn't it it's it's, oh, it's yeah. such a fitting character for him i don't know what i'm surprised there's not more irish mafia stuff you know given given that mm, yeah you know people gotta be getting sick of that italian mob they're getting sick of it in real life as well irish mafia can only assume is going from strength to strength <laughs> <laughs> i love as well this mm horrible scene where they have to check him for wires bugs showing oh. you how serious they take this whole goddamn thing they crack his cast open like an easter egg sam oh it's horrible yeah, yeah. beating his arm with a shoe asking him if he's still <laughs> i do like that despite being in the fucking mafia or whatever they're in the approach to working out whether someone's a cop or not is just be like hitting them and saying do you swear you're not a cop swear on your mum's grave and that's Enough, I mean, it was you know? closer to the punishment that Dennis the Menace's father used to dole out, or at least threatened to, to dole out. You know, he would always be brandishing slipper. although it was a slipper, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, I don't know if I've made this up in my head, because I used to... I, well, I mentioned the Beano earlier, I might as well go whole yeah, hog yeah. now. It was either in a Beano annual or a special edition, where they would do like a big pullout, and it was like, you could see everyone in Beano Town's house, or whatever it is. And either Dennis's father, who looked... Let's call it like it is. He looked a little bit too much like Hitler for anyone's like sure, 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 back sure. in the day. Yeah, yeah. But Dennis's father either had, I can't remember which now, he either had a car with the license plate Slipper 1 or he had a car that was in the shape of a slipper so that like any time he'd pick up Dennis from school he'd be like, oh Jesus, you know, he was oh, fucking yeah. terrified of him. But like, it was too much that like even in the 90s when we were reading it they were like ah the slipper ah <laughs> and, and uh, you know if dennis had a cast god would have known what would have happened oh god yeah, yeah yeah if that slipper got involved it would have been game over now so this is all because some lads that leo beat up who were threatening a store owner they're gonna come and kill him so frank's what? now got leverage to say unless i kill these guys they're gonna kill you so you're now in my gang i've got you now and it's how I get people to agree to podcast with me. It's the exact same, exact same way, basically. You know, so it's a little basically a game of murder phone tag here. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Frank is going to tell Colin essentially. He's going to tell his boy in behind enemy lines in the police yeah. who to arrest and when yes. to arrest. 
And unfortunately, these police are so obsessed with duking the stats and putting a bow on it and getting an arrest that they'll just eat any else shite that's yeah. been fed to them. You don't really need substantial evidence. You just need a little bit of evidence that's been obviously planted. You just need a collar, that's all. And you know what? I did like some uh, a very good policing joke here. Now, the lads who were beaten up who were then threatening to kill Leo, uh, they were from Providence. And there's a bit where... <laughs> Matt Damon is looking at their jacket and it's from the Providence Tailoring Co. And he's like, oh, my, uh, my, my detective skills tell me... What the fuck is this, like a children's like... point-and-click game? Like, oh! And he's there with his fucking magnifying glass looking at it. I found a clue, guys! <laughs> but they acknowledge, like, the silliness of it, which is which is really fun. I love it. So, more Jack Nicholson hijinks that you mentioned before. Breakfast! Yeah, he's got a hand there! It starts out fun. It's like, do you know John Lennon? Yeah, he was the president before Lincoln. Oh, we're having fun here. Oh no, he's got a bag with a hand in it. He's now, got a look, bag with I, a hand. I'm sure there's people thinking now, oh, Kevin eats black pudding on the weekend for his yep. breakfast, so he can't be, you know, throwing shade at Jack Nicholson for having a severed human hand, but I just think it is a bit gross yeah. at the dinner table, which is also the breakfast table. Look, I've heard of a handbag, but a bag hand? <laughs> that's not what I, I don't want a hand that's been in a bag. Oh. Yeah, there's something about the sound of a hand coming out of a of like a sandwich bag. It's all like, it's a, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. And Leo's quite rightly now absolutely fucking terrified of ever wearing a wire around Frank Costello here. Phone calls only from now on because he knows yeah. that otherwise he's pretty much guaranteed he's going to be killed. Absolutely. Okay. Very clever bit here in that a guy. From oh, very clever. This very clever bit here. A guy from Frank... Let's see if I can explain it as, as a fool. A guy from Frank's crew has been brought in for doing something bad, right? Something wrong. Something wrong. And Matt Damon, who is an insider, he's on the criminal side, but he's working he's in the police. And now he's an insider, he's doing an inside job as well, Sam. He's doing an inside job. He has the genius move of being like, oh, does this guy not know who his lawyer is yet? He doesn't know what his lawyer looks like. Okay, guys, turn off the cameras. Uh, I'm going to go into pretend to be... So he's, he's kind of acknowledging I'm doing something naughty here, but it's... But it's, it's good, it's good. It's, it's just good general naughty. corrupt copness. I'm not doing actual illegal stuff. Yeah, but actually he's... So now they can't see him or hear him. He goes in there to pretend to be the lawyer, so they think, but he can actually sneak in, tip off this guy, get this guy to make a call to Ray Winston to say, they've got this guy in, he's not coming home for supper, you know? Oh, what an Irish way of tipping someone off, <laughs> not coming home for his tea. Lovely, that. Now, the problem is is now if you try to have like the manchester mob or like the leeds mob or basically any mob from the north of england and yeah. they're like he's not coming home for dinner and they'd be like what you mean like lunch or dinner or or any of the uh, 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 and then oh, it's too yeah. late the cops are already there no. they're already there and you don't know now do you north of england no i i would tip off by saying i'm not coming home for my tea and then then you know that's then, fine. But the problem is is that if you were if you and i were in the mob together and you told me that i'd be so like what you know, I wouldn't get that it was like, you're not going home for your tea. What are you going to eat? <laughs> and that means Ray Winston burns down the fucking house and gets the fuck out of there. Like, you know, he's been properly Which is tipped almost off. as good as acting, Ray. Almost. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got—he has got a threatening aura, Ray Winston, but it's completely undercut by the fact that his accent's funny. You know, I realise though, Sam. I think what it is is the accent for Ray Winston is linked directly to his heart rate, and once the heart rate is elevated, the accent can no longer—you know—it just goes out yeah. the window. Now, interesting thing. So, the, the relationship has moved forward with Matt Damon's character and this therapist lady. Ooh. 
But there is implication here, well, quite the very heavy implication, that something didn't go according to plan in the bedroom. And she's like, you know, <laughs> she's like, it's not a big deal, it's quite common. And there's some of that throughout the whole thing. And now, the, part of the problem with me having watched this twice is that you start to overanalyze and think about stuff. Are you basically saying that no one who is undercover, regardless of who they're undercover for, yeah. can perform sexually? Is what you're saying? That's my that's my view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd buy that. I'd buy that absolutely. You know. Yeah. Well, he's very, very homophobic, is what I would say about Matt Damon's character. I'm wondering if there's some kind of repression angle here. I started to, like, overanalyze and o- overthink this. The problem is, though, when you deal with Matt yeah. Damon, you end up analysing Matt Damon himself and not the character. Yeah. So there's an issue there, <laughs> Sam, okay? You can't be mixing those two things up. But there's something going on, and I'm wondering if Martin Scorsese and, and the writer here are, are doing more work than I've realised, or I'm just kind of, you know, digging too deep. But, right, their relationship is going going but it's not but there's there's some things up but i think uh, you're you're probably right there because at the same time we're showing the parallel with leo's character yeah who is you know pretending to be a baddie but is actually meant to be on the side of the yes. law and, and whatnot but he's having counseling as well and if anything he's suffering just a lot more outwardly because he has people like a therapist or the few people the cops who know who he is there's only like two yeah. people i guess who actually know what he is but it seems that shadowing ray winston has fucked him up long before the accent even got involved yeah and they just show kind of a montage and before you know it, it's like a year and a year of doing incredibly violent stuff of like killing people who are like on their hands and knees begging not to be killed just shooting people in broad daylight and cold blood and he's on the valium now which is what my granny was on before she died which makes me think that my granny was probably undercover for the irish mob at some point in her career and you might think no way kevin she was 99 she had Uh. plenty of time plenty of time (laughs) and uh, you know what also, I've realised now that the implication is probably just these lads are both very stressed in different ways, and that's, you know, understandable. Uh, you know what? This therapist lady must be very appealing because both of these lads are now... Leo's now asking her out, even after they've had a bloody Barney, and he's kicked off and stormed out, and she's come after him, and they're having an argument, and then he's like, do you want to go for coffee? Everyone wants coffee with this lady. You know? Yeah, and then what the yeah. fuck is a... You know, she's no Dr. Melfi because she's hardly beating him off with a stick or anything like that. You know, she moves in with one guy. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, like, wrong or something? Like that? It, it, it doesn't seem right, does it? It does. It's, it's really no. weird. Alex? Baldwin, after this, reveals to Matt Damon in a little meeting thing that there is a mole within the crew. So now Matt Damon knows that there's someone within Frank's crew who is a mole for the cops. You know what I mean? And they, they're going to try and flush him out, basically. Yeah. So he's ringing his dad, Frank, to be like, oh, so, something's going on here, you know. But it's, it's time for the big deal. The big, big microprocessor deal. deal. Big chip deal. Look, you and me, we both love a big chip deal. Oh, down yeah, the local Jesus Christ. Pub. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to triple cook these big chips in the big chip deal? Okay. And the, the cops, they've, they've had cameras set up in this location because they've got an insider who knows where it's going to take place. But the crew have just, and this is very funny, the crew just step into a blind spot and they can't be seen by the cameras. And Matt Damon has been completely caught unawares by this because of the kind of the planned secrecy of this like, you know, undercover unit or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. So nobody knows. And you get, I'll tell you what, you'll never get this with your touch screens. There is something about the drama of a man trying <laughs> to work the numpad and do a tech text message blind that you're gonna have to move your way around and find the braille bumps there baby that's fucking impressive i mean the thing though with the old school phones with buttons is that that is possible 
right? You can't do that on your your smartphone. You can't. Uh, like, you know what? You want tension in a movie, right? Attention in a movie now would be me trying to use my phone to like do anything. Like, Quickly, Kevin, order a taxi. Yeah, sure. Oh, oh, right. no, no. You know no. what? Let me try and send Kevin a text in my pocket. Uh, let- <laughs> All right, I'm going to see what I can do here. Okay. I, I'm just going to do it. Oh, it's going to be in my pocket. Okay. Um, I'm going to have it open on you just because that's what he had done as well before he okay. smashed it in so there. Okay? I, I'm looking at you. You know, I just realized I don't know the scale or the size of my phone screen's <laughs> keyboard. I'm going to look now at my actual <laughs> keyboard because I'm doing this on my laptop and I'm assuming it's the same. So, so pr- I'm, looking at, I'm looking in your eyes. I'm pressing the buttons. I don't know where send is. So I'm just going to pull this out and I'm going to just hit. Oh, I haven't actually typed anything. Nothing, uh, nothing was typed. <laughs> I've sent you a message. Okay. I maintained eye contact the whole time. I do realize as well that I have autocorrect on, so I may have been aided by okay. the cloud in my endeavor here. So I believe I text you, hello, Sam, how are you? My name is Kevin, and I am your friend. Okay. Hello, Sam. How are you? My name is Kevin, and I am your friend. That's pretty good. <laughs> and I am your friend, question mark. I am your that's friend. pretty good. Yeah, that's not that's bad, That's pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm impressed so the, with that. Oddly, the question mark for how are you came at the end of the sentence yeah. there. But I don't know if you would be able to glean sufficient information there now that your tea is not going to be ready and you shouldn't come no. home. No, you wouldn't. I um, don't know. That was really hard for me to do in a pocket to the point where nothing actually happened. Wait, did you, um, s- you didn't send me anything. I, no, I didn't send you anything because it wasn't happening. I, I could try and send you a text with my eyes closed, but I don't think that's the same thing. That's I couldn't... fucking ridiculous. I'm going to be fucked now when the police come. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's the microprocessors, it's the big handover, the big deal. We've got the Chinese mafia all with their automatic weapons, which uh, incenses Frank Costello yeah. because they're an immediate life sentence and he thinks it's just stupid to wander around with such a high risk. I appreciate the down-to-earth nature. He won't be yeah. in the position he is if he didn't have sense like that. Although there's a there's a real implied character weight by the... Well, not implied. By the way he says, in this country, and kind of shakes his finger around and gets really angry. You know, he's a right racist weirdo, Frank. Costello, but fine. It's a big bravado match between these two. They're doing the big deal. Culture clash. Matt's managed to text the thing to say, turn your phones off, so they've all got their phones off. He also kind of sees that there's only one who doesn't have their phone off, and it's Leo who's sending a text back to the cops. Oh, this this is it. Oh, it's good. You're liking this, because this is the first kind of real, like, proper cat and mouse Mm. bit of business we got going on here. I love as well Alec Baldwin, whose character is meant to be, like, you know, the straight arrow, the guy in charge, level heads, everyone kind of defers to him, and he just beats the shit out of the audio guy because he's so stressed out about it. Again, awful place to work. Uh, It seems like the mafia has the edge on terms of, I'm just saying on Glassdoor, Irish Mafia is scoring a lot better than the Boston Police Department. <laughs> so the deal goes through, although Frank, it turns out later on, has sold them dodgy chips. Oh, Sam, We've been sold a few dodgy my... chips in that time. No, no, no. <laughs> in this country, we do not... <laughs> It's a complete balls up from the cop's perspective, but from Frank's perspective, this has gone, you know, excellently well. It's a knees up for Frank, but a balls up for the police. Exactly. But the two undercover lads... So the undercover criminal, undercover cop, they now know about each other and are trying to smoke each other out. You know, they're both trying to rumble each other and find out who's who. That's intense. Here, what did you make into the following morning when Madeline comes in and she's like, hey, you want a French donut? And it's a croissant. Now that is, 
I'm not saying I disagree with it, but we can all yeah. agree that's a big statement right there. French donuts is yeah. a croissant. I love that. I think she's saying that as a as a joke, right? That's a goof. But she was saying in kind of way as like everyone says these are fancy, but they're just donuts, basically. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like it is still acceptable to have like a croissant for a weekend breakfast. I think is a is a fun treat. Yeah, well, I would personally feel strange if I ate uh, a donut for my breakfast because I think I get all sugary and then I crash out at midday. But I don't think I'm being I'm basing that on anything other than categorization. Will Mott's warehouse style that this circle happens to be a dessert and this crescent is a breakfast yeah. food. It's pronounced croissant, mate. Uh, but <laughs> crescent, <laughs> crescent. I just thought it was a funny goof. You know. Do you want to know how me and my dad used to take our croissants back in the day when we first got introduced to croissants? How? Well, we first got introduced to them when we went to Marks and Spencer's in the late 90s and they had croissants. We brought them home. We were all very excited. And me and my dad put them in the microwave and they go all soft and squishy. And, uh, oh. and I, I'm not going to lie to you folks. I love a good, delicious, proper croissant. And I understand what I did there yeah. is an affront to the French people. But a couple of years ago, I... I had those croissants at home when I was visiting my dad and he went I still put them in the microwave <laughs> and then he grabbed my shoulder and, went, and they go all soft and lovely they are, they are, I've had them like that it's nice he's been living his dream all yeah. these years and I've been a poser over here in another country no this is great I love when they get all over the bed if now, they were soft they all, <sighs> you could squish them into an orb and eat them much quicker it's efficient uh, efficient yeah. is what it is now if I say the term Wagatha Christie to you does that ring any bells it does it rings many bells because I think that's a, a real parallel here and probably because the, <laughs> these two lads they need to kind of like get information out to determine who knows the information you know what I mean Much so like, flag operations to smoke people out is what's going on now. exactly which is what Colleen Rooney did with Rebecca Vardy in terms of a private Instagram account, sending out stories that looked like they were for everyone, but they were just limited to Rebecca Vardy, so that when those stories leaked to the press, she knew that it was Rebecca Vardy. But I'm, I'm Incredible assuming that, stuff. that Vardy is Damon in this situation, right? Yes. Yes. I think so. They both have a little bit of Colleen in them as well, to be honest. <laughs> Let's not mince our words here, folks. Come on now. But I'm just saying that the, the Departed may have been an influence on uh, that incredible story or or somehow vice versa, because I, I'd i love to see a film like this about that is all I'm going to say. Yeah, therapist ladies moved in, French donut, fine. But he has to have a heated discussion about the mole situation on his balcony, which Madeline, therapist lady, can see. She knows something's up quite early on. He can't keep these two lives going forever, can Matt Damon, you know? It's yeah, particularly gonna, gonna as well, I mean, paths. hard mode, your partner is your therapist, you know? Oh, <laughs> God. Just like, you know. Jeez. Like, oh. Joe cuts my hair now, and that's added a whole other wrinkle to our relationship. You know, that's, that's, that, like, there's, there's a, there's a power dynamic that yeah. is here in year eight of our relationship that was not there in years one to seven. No. And I'm, I'm here for it because I have very nice hair right lovely now. Lovely hair, lovely hair, that. lovely head of hair. Welcome. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a 1% chance of me that is fearful of not, you know, whatever comes. If, if, if I'm fearful, I'm just saying, of <laughs> situation. You're being very careful with this. I am because I know, like, <laughs> She can fuck this shit up. You know, yeah. when I first met you, 
I yeah. wore a trapper hat for literally two years straight. And do you know why that is? Why? Because Lincoln's got no hairdressers. That's why. Right. Yeah, they've got barbers and they've got expensive barbers, but no one really knows how to dress a man's head of hair in that city, do they? Yeah, fucking small <laughs> potato shit is what that is. I'm not going back, Sam. Not never. <laughs> Frank sold those Chinese lads uh, fake microprocessors and he's out on the street chatting to Mark Wahlberg and Martin Sheen about it after the fact. Just in broad daylight. They're just having a chat. Which There's again, nothing they can do about it. You know, I love that. He's, he's like, that's, that's the most Tony Soprano thing that he yeah. does. He kind yes. of confronts it head on, you know? The fact that it reminded me a lot of like when Tony used to chat with the guy from the FBI and they were just kind of, in a way, not really, but in a way kind of like colleagues or in the same field and they're just kind of chatting about this stuff and they can't do anything about each other but they're just having a kind of, you know, bantery chat. But they're obviously <laughs> having a kind of a sandwich of sorts of <laughs> meat, cheese, I guess provolone or some such. But f- fucking hell, Frank's an FBI informant. Oh! Now, when they said that, did you think straight away that, oh, that's exactly it, that's what he is? Or did you think, nah, that's just some misdirection that's been thrown out very carefully? The character who said it was kind of, by his own admission, high as fuck and under threat of violence. So you kind of think, uh, is he? Uh, or is he telling the truth, huh? Yeah. And th- this comes back to that thing that I find in all true crime documentaries or indeed telly stuff about police, where the fucking FBI and the state cops and the district attorney and the- there's so many different groups. Fucking of- mayor. All these, th- all these different police forces and operations, they don't communicate with each other. So the- they don't, the cops don't know that the FBI have Frank as an informant. They're still working to take... Oh, it's a mess. It's, you wouldn't get that in the, the best the of good British old days <laughs> of cops and robbers is what you were looking for, Sam. You were it? either Those... a cop or a robber. Have you, you got know? a stripey top? No? Okay, you're a cop. <laughs> you're a cop. There we go. Bring those days back. Martin Sheen, right, I know you're saying he's a, a you know, what, how would you put it? What, what would, How would you describe Martin Sheen? Erstwhile. Um, Erstwhile, um, yeah. Uh, I would say he's a low-impact figure, Sam. Uh, both in the field of earth and ocean science and in general pub knowledge. Sure. Uh, a lightweight figure. Although a titan amongst the chicken wing aficionados of the NUI Galway student bar. So, Leo... He after he finds out this whole thing about Frank being an FBI informant, he goes round to Martin's house, and Martin's like, "My wife, she's got some supper out. If you want to have some supper," and I'm like, and "Now I realise that's a hundred percent chicken wings that have been left out <laughs> in the foil that he can just heat back up." And uh, do you want to do your homework for Earth and Ocean Sciences? Uh, we've got now. Nah, give me, give me another round of wings. Give yeah, me, give me more. Over. Right here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Leave the bones. Now, we were talking before about how intimidating looking Jack Nicholson is, how ghoulish he is. Oh, he is awful sex scene, which he has basically, the best be described is how I think Vince McMahon had sex in the 80s, just fistfuls Mm. of coke, borderline (laughs) looks like, it it kind of actually looks like the the scene in Lord of the Rings where Frodo wakes up in Rivendell. (laughs) It does, And then, you know, but he just kind of, there's a lot of uh, soft lighting here and doesn't seem like, a particularly good night. Not really, no. But some of those shots of Frank both bathed in that white cocaine light and the red light of it. He was in opera box for a bit. It's amazing, you know. If you've got Jack Nicholson, you show him like that, you know. You just do looking what you fucking with him. weird. Just, yeah. You know, I think, honestly, the point of the scene was just to be like, this is what he does, this is what he likes doing. He'll probably do this until he's 100. He's, yeah. you know, 
that, I think that, that's the scene that makes you go, he probably is an FBI informant because he doesn't want to give up his, you know, fistfuls of coke evenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of smoking out that rat, Frank wants everyone's real names and social security numbers so that Matt Damon can run a check on the files at the police to find out who's the one who's doing the rat. Who's not saying who they are? You there, mole, find the mole. <laughs> And Comfortably Numb is playing in the background, which, you know, Christopher Moltisanti was playing in the car with Tony and be like, hey, the Departed soundtrack. Don't, Don't you know that I am comfortably numb? <laughs> I'm gonna get comfortably numb with you tonight. <laughs> and then there's the, there's the bit in the music video where they all line dance. Comfortably numb. <laughs> 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 but Leo don't want to give up his real name and his social security number during this bit but he, he he writes the word citizens correctly on an envelope in a marker in a distinctive way and we keep looking at that envelope and I'm like okay someone's up with this envelope fine oh and also I mean I'm kind of all over the place but he he goes to Madeline's place they're getting off now Ooh. sex scene with them uh, it's getting complicated here it's We've very got, complicated yeah you know I was going to tap him on the shoulder and be like You've, you've maxed out the complications for this run. Can you just leave, leave it for now? Like, you know, you're not going to get any more boons or bounties for this, mate. Just fucking calm down. So, Jack Nicholson as Frank Costello. He's an intimidating man. He's a scary man. Are you talking you know? about him going to that skin cinema? So he's going, he goes to the skin cinema, the porno theatre. And you know what? As well as being a threatening mob boss, he loves a funny prank. He does, particularly when that funny prank is taking place at the, the sex cinema, which involved... A big fake Mickey, or a dildo as it's known. Yes, coming out of his trousers as a little goof there. Yeah! And it's just a bit of fun, you know? A little bit of levity in a film like this, and I'm all there for that. I just, like, don't you ever think it's weird that, like, those places existed? Because, I mean, they're not in this country anymore. I remember reading, like, uh, an article... I'm not even like, got the last one, mate. <laughs> fuck off, has <laughs> no, it? No. no. <laughs> Cesspool. But like, isn't it weird that like, I know it's still a thing in America, I'm sure, mm. but like, it's strange, isn't it? Like, I guess, you know, I would have thought once the internet came, that would have been done and dusted, but they were running to like 2013 or so in this, in this yeah. country, as far as I know. Yeah. I think there's a certain nostalgia value to it for certain people. It's but it, like, for people of a certain vintage. It's a strange concept. But it's absolutely representative of the seediness of what's going on in this film. You it know. is upsetting, though, because I often would think it would be an ideal place to do a cinema for a live show because we would want somewhere that had screening capabilities. But I wouldn't want us to be in like a big fucking crazy theatre like that. No. It would be a bit intimidating. But I'm yeah. assuming 20, 30 people intimate setting with a screening, you know, oh, yeah, it could be an ideal spot. <laughs> I don't know if the room itself has a vibe to it where people are going to get too, you know, frisky. Oh, are you worried themselves. about ghosts? Is that it? Nah, oh, that the ghosts enough. are going to be wanking. I don't, I don't, you know, well... Some stains never come off is what you're saying, Sam, basically. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. is exactly what I'm saying. But in this theatre, we have got Matt Damon, we have got Jack Nicholson, and we've got Leonardo DiCaprio sitting He's in the back. Tailing him. He's tailing He's tailing him. him. It's just mole tracking down rats in a, you know, as I'm sure you're aware as a zoologist, a nonsensical chase. Um... <laughs> 
But I started to get to the point where, and I think this is deliberate, because they these two are dressed exactly the same in this scene. They've got a baseball cap, a hoodie, and a leather jacket over the hoodie. And there's an argument to be made that they're probably just basically the same fucking person. In real life, I mean. Like. Well, they're quite similar-looking actors. Yeah. They're not, they're not really similar-looking, but I kept being like, having to take a minute for my eyes to focus and adjust to like, <laughs> is this Leo or Matt? You know, they they sort of started to blend together, and I wonder how deliberate that is. Oh yeah, I think there is. There's definitely a deliberate element to that, but like you have then, of course, this like stalking scene or this, yeah, yeah. this high intensity chase, yes. which ends up with just some random dude getting stabbed out of nowhere. Yeah. And the way yeah. the camera cuts, like you realize kind of at the same time as the guy who's just done the stabbing that he is perhaps made a bit of a boo boo. And there's lots mm. of kind of um, collateral damage in this movie as well. You know, yeah. people just being yeah, like. Yeah. Uh oh, guess the cop has to kill someone, or guess this guy who isn't a cop has to kill someone. <laughs> but again, that put me in the mind of the Sopranos, in, in as much yeah, as, yeah. you know, a bunch of collateral people just get, you know, their lives destroyed because this criminal world is operating in the way that it does. And so, yeah, wrong guy gets stabbed. These are chasing each other. Leo sort of sees him for a second, but not enough. And then Matt spots that there's a camera behind him, so he can then go into the police camera bit and try and track him down through there. But they can't get head nor tail of each other and find out who's who. Seems close, but no cigar. And the tension is racking up because Leo and Frank have a chat, which could best be described as double bluff time. Mm. and Colin is at the point Matt Damon's character where he's like hey baby why don't we move cities and I should get a new job (laughs) oh come on now you gotta know that the Irish Mafia's got the internet they've got a MySpace (laughs) profile and everything man come on it's 2007 get over it he's getting stressed is what's happening and he I I don't know does he just want to get away from this and kind of is he having a moment I think at this point he realises that he's either going to be found out yeah. Or he's going to not be able to stop the leak, and either way, he's a dead man. So, yeah. yeah, I think he just wants to wash his hands of it, which, as we all know, you're not allowed to do. No, you're not. And there's a sit-down meeting here between Frank and Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's really tense. Oh, yeah. And they're sort of mutually kind of threatening each other or saying, like, look, someone might kill you, Frank. I don't want to be you, but I'm not the fucking rat. I'll tell you straight up. I'm not the rat. Even though he is the rat, he's saying he's not the rat while also being the rat. He's convinced himself at this point, though, because like he's so fucking manic and intense. Yeah, like, there's no yeah, way yeah. he doesn't believe in his heart that is to be true, even though it absolutely isn't. And Jack Nicholson, during this scene, is both scary and he is also just... I think literally clowning. Like he's doing funny, he's doing fucking funny faces and shit and funny movements. You can take the man out of the Joker. <laughs> he's doing can't Joker take the stuff. Joker out of the man, like, he's you know? absolutely doing Joker stuff and it is unnerving. And uh, speaking of which, there was a black circle before that kind of zoomed in and zoomed out. It's come back again. Things are closing in. You know, things are closing in. It's getting tight. These guys are being tracked down. It's all happening. Oh, ah. Oh, it's tense, this film. It is. It is very tense. And actually, I think I have realized in my later years that one of the things I love most is a good old thriller. Let me tell you. I I do love a good old thriller because as long as it's well told, it's uh, honestly the stories I'm usually most interested in, you know? When I want to laugh in a movie, I'm not looking for a story necessarily. I'm just looking for a laugh. But when I'm looking for a thriller, I want an intricately tailed story. And I think this one mostly succeeds in not being so intricate and so layered that 
you kind of lose the run of it, if you know what I mean. It keeps its momentum up the whole time. Yes. It ratchets it up as you get new act, new fucking pressure gauge, basically. And I like that a lot. There's a bunch of layers and stuff going on, but there's a simplicity to the two core characters and what they're doing. You know, one's this, one's that, and they're trying to find each other, and that's engaging. Now, I, I mentioned the Rebecca Vardy, Colleen Rooney stuff before. Here's another example of kind of fake stories and subterfuge. Frank comes out covered in blood, being like, oh, I'm using a new crew for this job, go home. He's doing that so that if the new crew information comes through to Matt Damon from Leo... They'll know. They'll know, and but it doesn't come through, so he thinks that it ain't Leo, right? I think. Yes, yeah. no, and Leo, Leo's yeah, yeah. in the clear. But you do have Martin Sheen, much <laughs> like when the chef and sous chef met at the end of a busy service in yep. a 2006 sitting of the NUIG college bar. And they said, what happened to all them chicken wings? <laughs> Someone's eating them all. Well, looks like Martin Sheen got fingered once again. <laughs> Follow him, track him down, see what he's doing. See if those wings come tumbling out. So Martin Sheen meets up with Leo on the top of some abandoned building. The baddies, Frank's crew. Never meet there, by the way. That's a fucking <laughs> shit place <laughs> to meet. Like. abandoned building. Don't meet somewhere where the people who come to get you have no qualms about throwing you <laughs> off of that thing. Meet in a bungalow with a locked door. Matt Damon knows this because he's getting the legit police to tail him. So he then tips off the baddies that these two are meeting. And he thinks he's meeting with the rat, which he is. Well, the insider. It's a bit tense and a bit confusing. And also, something about this scene in this old building, this whole sequence feels like a much older film do you know what i mean like it, it yeah it, yeah i got kind of like french connection off of it or something like that yeah yeah you know what that is though sam any scene where there's people running up those types of staircases yes. uh yeah, in a yeah. centralized staircase that almost always with the top down view will remind me of an older movie because i felt that yes. all the time back then and so leo's getting the call to come and investigate what is actually leo at the top of the thing so he's Whoa. got to be at this building that he's already at. and So him and Martin have to split up, basically, because yeah. if they're seen together, it's pretty much game over. He's got to get down to the bottom to then get out to meet up with the crew. And uh, Martin makes his way down there a lot quicker. <laughs> uh, he got a bit of a head start, uh, so he did. Oh, I mean, that's a horrible scene, isn't it? Yeah, but look, bright side, one less person knows his secret now, so there's one less person who could rat him True. out. You but know? He, just, he, he gets thrown off the building and falls right in front of Leo. Could have squashed him, but falls right in front of him, blood splats on him. Horrible. And then we got the cops show up who have been yep. tailing them. The new crew shows up and they're just like... Ah. <laughs> everyone shooting <laughs> everyone. Shooting each other. Cops get shot. Yeah. Robbers get shot. <laughs> I've heard of cops and robbers, Sam, but cops versus robbers? It happens. Please. <laughs> In the midst of this chaos where Martin Sheen is dead now, Mark Wahlberg gets fired or quits or something at the same no, time. No, he's, he's like, done basically because he's, he's told out. that, you know, your Martin Sheen's dead. So like, you know, Alec Baldwin, I'm your new boss. And I'm saying, do this. And he's like, well, then I'm fucking done. He's like, well, yeah, you're, out. Fucking, you're out now. Yeah. Then, you know, off you go two weeks. Which is like, that's always like uh, an interesting thing about the police in America, isn't it? Where like, the last thing they always say is like, one of the actual benefits of that job where they're like, you get one month of pay. You know, that's not oh, so fucking okay. bad, isn't it? Like, all, all right. right. See you guys. Yeah. You know? A nice relaxing month while I go you on. You get fired from this podcast, <laughs> you're going to get a much worse little <laughs> bow on the end of it than you get a whole month of pay or whatever. <laughs> the one member of the crew, Frank's crew, who got shot, he's on to Leo. He knows that he's... A rat. 
because he accidentally told him the wrong address on the phone. And the reason he knows he's around as well is because he is the most authentically Irish person. He's fresh off the boat, this lad, and he has, as a result, extrasensory perception. Yes. So he, he told him the wrong address. Leo turned up at the right address. He's like, why did you do it? I did, I've not told anyone yet. What? Tell me why. But he dies just in time for Leo to not get rumbled. Whew. And then, on the news, it's saying that that guy who died there was an undercover cop. But Frank doesn't believe that. He thinks the cops are saying that's a cop so that he won't look for more cops. It's a way to cease the smoking out. (laughs) Yes. But if anything, it's made that flame burn stronger and there's smoke everywhere. This is when Damon rings Leo. Yes. He's using Martin Sheen's, dead Martin Sheen's phone bloody bloody phone to ring the last caller the two both stay on the line saying nothing and then they scramble about and then leo rings back to say who are you what's going on oh, matt damon's like know, who are you what's I'm, going on uh, yeah i'm actually just taking over for the guy who had a bit of a trip there and a fall mm. so yeah you can trust me don't worry who are you as a matter of interest <laughs> so do you mind giving me that information oh, they're nearly on to each other they're nearly on to each other but matt damon has now found evidence in some of the files oh that frank has been in the fbi an fbi informant he's an asset sam and so that that's gonna skew his entire worldview because his you know his surrogate father his you know the the guy he looks up to he is absolutely no basis now for any sort of (sighs) trust in him and i will say we've went in this entire movie not really going on about the boston accent which we can all agree from any time we've seen John Cena get his dander barked up, is a beautiful accent indeed. But there is one particular highlight, which is when the dead mobster's body is discovered, we talked about, and he's been kind of ascribed to being the undercover guy, and they're running on the news, when Jack Nicholson goes, his body was found in Dimash. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Yes, thank you. All right, okay. I'll have a bit of that, please. If, if. For the old document now, for the Roland document. Yeah. If I do happen to die in a swampland or a peat bog or whatever, yeah, yeah. Would you do me a favor? Don't have anyone go and be like, oh, he was found in the bog in Ireland. Don't be giving that. Get me a lad from. Get me Irish American. I'm sure yeah. I've got some sort of a Bostonian Smash. third cousin. He said he was, and Kevin was found in the mash. Yeah. You know, and then, d- that's I'll all he has to you. say. It'll save some of the eulogy, is all I'm saying, and also it'll help with the. Kevin would want us all to enjoy his funeral and have a bit of a laugh. That man said a funny word. Hey, that's when the fucking party starts. And some of your English friends would be like, in the mash? Was he eating the sausages and had a terrible accident? What's going on? Move over in the club. In the mash is what all the kids (laughs) are doing these days. We're building up to a crescendo here. Big drugs deal bust thing Big going on. Big old deal. And like, he's literally been tailed at the time. Yep. He's told, you're, you're being tailed. I love when he loses the tail. He's like, do it now. And he goes, goes right through the red light. That's cool. That is cool. More dropkick Murphys coming in. You say more, it's the same dropkick Murphys. Same one again. Like. Yeah. More, more of the same song one by the dropkick Murphys. More time. Now, this is not to slight anyone, apart from perhaps uh, certain ice hockey fans. Oh, here it comes. I don't think anyone wants to receive a text that just says the word Sheffield. You know, I think if, when you get just... If you receive a text that just says Sheffield, I don't think it's good news. That's all I'm going to say. And that text does come through to some some character. <laughs> no, because you know what? I'm pretty sure if, say, for instance, I was doing one of my fabled outside jobs. Yeah. And I was like, where is the job that you've already indicated you're paying 
my expenses for travel. Yes. And then the one word text was Sheffield. Sheffield. I'd be all right because from where I am, that's around an hour and a bit on the train. So right. it's, it's long enough to be a trip, but not so long. It's travel, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for me, in that very specific circumstance, Sheffield's great. Also as well, if someone's like, where do you want to go for a nice day out with a nice selection of pubs and genuinely great people? And they said Sheffield. I'd be very happy indeed as well. Thank you. Well, okay. Well, I'm just saying, Sam, Sheffield's got the best Eddie Rockets in the United Kingdom. And I don't know how many of them he have, but the only one I've eaten was in Sheffield. And it was very good indeed. And I was able to give Joe the Eddie Rockets experience in Sheffield of all places. But you've got to understand from my perspective, if someone's, if I'm saying, who are the Nottingham Panthers playing tonight? And the text comes through, Sheffield. But it could be any number of Sheffield's hockey teams that they're playing then, Sam. <laughs> The text would always read, the Sheffield Steelers. So, you know what? Scrap that. Scrap that from the record. I, sh- I shan't have it said. Does anyone ever game. accuse them of stealing the game? Like, ah, oh, those thieves in the night. They were true to their name, the yeah, Sheffield well. Steelers. And no, it's not because of the steel industry that is the beating heart, the galvanised steel industry, no. the beating heart of industrial Sheffield. No, it is their penchant for stealing the game the of hockey. The results of a hockey from- game. And you know what? Well, after the Nottingham fans, we also have to, you know, get in with the team on the bus and say, you know what? It didn't work out. Let's go to Hooters. Let's let's have a meal and forget about our worries. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about this Eddie Rocket, whatever you're talking about, mate. Get down to Hooters and have some fucking wings. Me and Martin Sheen are going to be in Hooters having wings, having a great time. Thank you. Eddie Rockets is basically like an Irish version of Hooters in that. Oh, is it? <laughs> All titillation and yeah. suggestion, flirtatiousness and human contact has been removed. But oh, you still yes. have decent chips, dips, uh, nachos, burgers, malt shakes, etc. Now, it's big shootout time because the big cops shooting. are here. It's a bust. It's a proper bust. I love a bust. Um, well, and Ray Winston's getting shot. Everyone's getting shot. <laughs> Ray Winston's so into it, he shoots himself. He's like, hey, bang, 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 bang. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking boom, wallop. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a loud scene. It is. And there's not a lot of shooting in the movie, really, up until no, this point. No. You know, it's, and I do like, you know, I kind of expect from watching a big blockbuster about mobs, I'm going to get a shootout. I like yeah. that they save their energy for a big one at the end. Everyone seems to get got except for Frank, who finds his way on his own. There's something really funny about Jack Nicholson in a grey t-shirt that just says Irish on it. I I don't know if you found that funny. I found that really funny. It's so funny. Like it, it looked like a fucking Primark pajama set t-shirt that gives just him fucking plus says Irish. five Irish though. It works, you know. It helps his uh, his buffs and all that. I was worried that he got shot, but it's all right. It just turns out he's full of spaghetti sauce. Oh. <laughs> He's got a mouthful of blood. Um, oh, is that what? Oh shit! Oh, no. Sorry. Yes. He's, <laughs> oh, and it, it makes him look like the Joker. The kind of red, red mouth. All right, you're thing. fucking obsessed now. At this point, like with the Joker. The, jo- the well, Joker. I, I think perhaps you should be a little bit scared. <laughs> and he he admits Sam has what we call a healthy obsession with the Joker. <laughs> it's fine, guys. It's fine. He admits to Matt Damon, who confronts him. That he's, of course, I'm an FBI informant. You know, I, I give the FBI some information, but I would never rat out you, Colin. He's only giving out information about guys who are going down anyway. And he'd ne- mm. oh, I'd never talk about you, Colin. You're like a son to me. Mm. And then tries to shoot Matt Damon. Matt Damon shoots him, bang, bang, bang. He's gone. Frank's dead. He falls back onto like a, a digger thing in this yard and he does a kind of Christ like 
pose. And it's, it's you know. Because it was showing you the, you know, Joker and, and analogies to the life of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I think is what, what was happening there. Can we go an episode without mentioning the Joker? I don't nope. think we've done so yet so far in 2022. No, we cannot. And I shall continue <laughs> to mention the Joker. But forever. he remembers as well at this point that he's a cop. So he's like, oh, yeah, I shot, I shot the fucking bad hey, guy. Oh. I won. And they also have Leo in tow as well. And finally... Yeah. They have the sit down, face to face, but it's under peculiar circumstances. Do you think Leo is suspicious of him specifically at this point? Because he's playing a bit of uh, cards close to the chest here with regards to if he buys that he's kind of going to, you know, he just wants his checkmate. He wants his stipend and he wants to get the fuck out. out. Yeah. I think he's at the point where he just wants to get out. Yeah. But he, while Matt is off to go and put his details into a dodgy computer, Leo's found the fucking envelope with the details of the crew in it that only could have come from Frank because it's got the handwriting on it. And also as well, he's double fucked because that son of a bitch, Matt Damon, he only goes into the computer and deletes the record as well. Now, genuinely, Mm. like... I kind of praise my brain for not being so fucking fantastic that I could have this high concept of nightmare that I go undercover and then my details are deleted and oh. the only people who know who I am are killed. Ah, That's that, terrifying, isn't it? That is the worst. Yeah. It's so yeah, yeah. bad. It's the absolute nightmare scenario of all nightmare scenarios Oof. because Oof. it's like all other nightmare scenarios because the added thing of wasted time and I don't think he's getting his stipend as well. No, 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 he's not. Madeline, therapist lady. Is pregnant. Bloody hell, what another last minute complication. And Leo DiCaprio, he's sent CD ROMs. Oh. CD, recordable CDs. <laughs> CDs. He's not an idiot. He's not going to send you an incriminating CD or W. And they're like, <laughs> get that in the burner and we'll, we'll sort that out. He sent her evidence that Matt Damon's a baddie, recordings. So she now leaves him. Because he's a bad guy. Oh, he's on the call with Frank. You know, basically the stuff that she suspected all along, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Realizes that strings were being pulled and he was the one who was pulling them. So we end up having a face-to-face then between Billy and Colin up on the roof. On again. that building. Too dangerous, man. Too dangerous. They've not even cleaned up after the last go-around. Don't go up there. If you throw another body off here, that's just going to show contempt for the municipal services. Oh, exactly. You're going to send out the heavy-duty broom crew twice in one week? You know how I describe that, Kevin? Rude. It is. Rude. It Rude behaviour. So Leo's up there. I'm going to say as well, adding on to earlier, you yeah. want to fuck around with bid men? All right. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Yeah, Good best of British you. luck to you. Leo's up there. He arrests Matt Damon. Oh, and he's like, please kill me. <laughs> that's for the courts to decide. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going on because, like, Leo's mate, who's in the academy with him, comes up to the top and Leo's sent for him because he's like, you can verify yeah, my you identity. Know, you, you know who I am. You can trust but me. But he yeah. ended up not knowing who's telling the truth, so he's pointing the gun at both of them. And also it's why, because he's like, you both look exactly the same. I don't know what's with this. <laughs> I don't know. So it's it, big showdown. Attention here. They're going down in the lift. Leo's just, Leo's just like, I'm happy to just arrest you. I don't even give a shit if it doesn't stick in court. I don't care. Uh, you know what? As well though, the old stipend wouldn't be wouldn't be so <laughs> bad either. He's not not looking forward to it, Sam. Is what I'll say. And they get down to the bottom floor. Ding, ding, pop. Off he goes. He gets shot. 
Buy another, another copper. Uh, what? There's two dirty cops in the police department? Another dodgy copper? What are the odds that there'd be more than one corrupt police officer? No! In Boston? The mate who was there to verify the identity, he gets popped as well by this new copper. And then this new copper, well, he's not new. He's been in the background the whole time, but we're not really paying attention to him. He then gets popped by fucking Matt Damon. Oh, they were you like, don't want no witnesses. No. Absolute bloodbath in the We're last few minutes here. The funeral, at the same time, he's having his kind of his debrief, like his yeah. his exit interview or whatever. And he's like, I, I want everyone to know that I'm, you know, recommending him for the Medal of Anna. <laughs> There's a phrase that I hate in this about shooting a gun where he said he squeezed one off. I don't like that. It's like he done a smelly, dirty, secret <laughs> shit. Like you followed through, but you're bizarrely proud of it. Yeah, squeezed one off. I squeezed one off there when I did that smell. Don't tell me that. Don't tell anyone that. Also, don't do that. So, right, he's sort of got away with it, this horrible mole bastard. He has. He's gotten away with murder and then some. He goes back to his apartment. (laughs) He goes back to his apartment, goes in. Who's there? It's only bloody Mark Wahlberg. Sorry, uh, I didn't realise we'd uh, ordered takeaway because it's a burger. Yeah, and he's got those silly silly cloth slippers on. (laughs) Said that he 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 leaves no evidence. Pops Matt Damon. Matt Damon. He squeezes one off in his face. (laughs) For his trouble, he gets one squeezed off in his own face. Oh, can we talk about this beautiful final shot? Because this is like honestly one of my faves. You bring up the camera from him on the ground, all bloody big fucking mess. No one even notices. Like there's you know it's broad daylight in his apartment. The door is open, but it's just you know. It's it. He's done, and then you see the state house, which he always wanted to live by. He kind of implies that he like he has political ambition later yeah. on in his yeah, career, yeah. and you just see this like fucking little rat go like and just kind of creep across it's the great. screen, unbeknownst. Yeah. Fucking love it. They're all dirty, every one of them, and yeah. I really fucking had a great time with this. I do agree with your initial estimation, though. Mm. I can't recall if you said that there was something lacking necessarily, but there is something that prevents this from being the same level of yeah that you know say i don't want to keep comparing to goodfellas because i don't think that's particularly fair no but you're right there is there is something lacking there it back what is it i don't is know it because it's complicated and there is no good guy really i mean i guess you know leo is a good guy you know he does fucking yeah. horrible things but he has to do bad things you got good people working for bad people bad people working for worse people is that it i don't know i don't know i can't put my finger on it would you want to watch it again because I mean, you've watched, watched it twice <laughs> you've watched it twice but did that second viewing help because i feel like you were drawn into a lot of the imagery and a lot of the kind yeah. of implied stuff that honestly i didn't even pick up on a lot of the things that you were talking about but yeah I could see it there, you know, when we were chatting, so... I think there's absolutely depth to this, and I was picking up a bit more the second time around when I wasn't under pressure to make more notes, you know what I'm saying? But you're right, and I'm right, (laughs) that there is is something that doesn't quite pull this into the stratosphere of being incredible. It remains very, very good. Very good. Oscar win. I'm not going to lie to you, there is something with me that made me struggle with the movie where it's like Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Wahlberg. Like, you are pretty much giving me all the generic action men of Hollywood in one go. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, Ray Winston and Jack Nicholson are kind of the the fuzzy, weird-looking lads and all that jazz, but there is kind of a little bit of peak Hollywood about this, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I feel like if someone was casting this today, they'd go... We don't need another fucking white billionaire in this one, do we? You know? it's, um, it's very rich, you know? If you were to eat a slice of cake 
It's very rich. Well, with... you kind of get away with it because it's like it's Boston Police Department in the Irish mob. Two things where you can kind of get away with casting, you know, yes. Damon and DiCaprio, da, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything you didn't like about it, though? Because I feel like obviously criticizing the movie for things well, it isn't is like, you know, that's not really fair. <sighs> no, because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm surprised you still, I thought the second view, when you told me that, I'm like, fuck, he's yeah. going to hate it now. <laughs> no, it was still, still pretty gripping. You've watched it one more time than most people who saw it, if, <laughs> if I'm honest. Like, well, you that's know. the thing. I didn't really have any strong desire to watch it again other than i felt like i probably should in order to refresh myself for this did it make you want to watch the sopranos more though yeah yeah <laughs> the whole time i was like i want to watch the sopranos watch goodfellas like, again though this is giving me that flavor yeah ah is this a starter rather than a main course you know what i'm saying is it's this a big like, fucking starter if it's the case is it, is it, yeah oh it's my appetite was wetted but this i'm not full you know not full but I, ha oh, but it was really good. It was good, yeah, really good. I can tell that you liked it a lot. I think I kind of already know what your your Starlight yeah. rating is going to be. I think I've it figured out. But if you right. want to sum up, give us your thoughts, okay, and give me the final verdict. Your Starlight rating on The Departed, Sam. Some great performances. Who was the standout? Who was the best for you? If you were to give MVP like best job at acting of the movie. Ray Winston. No. Ray Winston. <laughs> Leo and Matt were very good, but kind of inseparable in terms of their performances. That was kind of implied on purpose, I feel like almost. Yeah. They were to be very similar, yeah. Jack Nicholson was big, giving it the big one, his big, big character. Big Jack in the house. I thought Mark Wahlberg was pretty good. Oh, that's the. Mm. I'm struggling for a standout performance. Interesting. You know? But you'd, you'd praise Lots for of good ball. performances. That's not a bad thing to complain yeah. about. There's not one of those stands out to you, like, you know. There was interesting direction stuff, interesting camera stuff going on, very Scorsese. Great music as well, great obviously. Music. That, that, that departed soundtrack. Great soundtrack. It looked great. It sounded great. The story was good. It doesn't quite get up all the way up to the. Hmm. All right. Ask me again. What's your star wipe rating, please, Sam, for The Departed? Four star wipes. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. In the mash. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at CinemaSwirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash CinemaSwirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. That's CinemaSwirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye. <laughs>